This is dedicated to the niggas that was down from J1. Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. Welcome back to Cold Brew and Hip Hop. In this episode, JMB and Kazi are going to debrief after the historic halftime show of Super Bowl 56, featuring Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, and a guest appearance by 50 Cent. Hope y'all enjoy. What's up, y'all? You're back with another edition of Cold Brew and Hip Hop. I'm Kazi. I'm J&B, and I'm fucking here to talk about one thing, and I'm ready to fucking go. I'm stoked. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, what you, you want to talk I about? Wasn't, I, first of all, disappointingly, I wasn't able to watch the halftime show in person, which would have been probably like a, like the cost of a car or something. Yeah, but yeah. I would have loved to watch it with you as well. Um, we planned on it. It did not work out due to health reasons. Uh, yeah. But but we, we both watched it regardless. And I was going to live react. I couldn't. It was like a chaotic zoo happening around me. But I, I had tunnel vision like never before. Yeah. And, and I, I, I mean without getting into like what happened in the actual halftime, my reactions was like, I was like shaking. I was like on the verge of like positive tears. Like it was like the culmination of my musical life. Like I fucking loved it. It was the greatest entertainment thing that I ever saw in the history of the world. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I was, I was straight up dialed in, you know, like the volume was all the way up on the TV with the sound bar. Um, I, did an audio recording and a voice memo of like how, uh, like my own commentary. Right. And, um, I was talking to Katie a little bit, you know, we were just kind of doing our low key night. She had the stomach bug the previous night. So, um, that's, that's why we weren't in person. But, um, so I want to talk before we like dive too deep into like our, our reactions on the halftime show. Um, obviously Super Bowl 56, halftime show it was dr dre snoop dogg eminem kendrick lamar and mary j blige with a special guest appearance by 50 cent which was pretty dope but we'll we'll unpack all that um jacob what were your uh like what were your feelings slash expectations going into this halftime show oh so i was following snoop i was following all the artists like upcoming and there wasn't too many leaks but Snoop kept mm-hmm. dropping hints about what he was going to wear. And he was yeah. posting on like TikTok and shit. And he's like, oh, what should my outfit be? What should my outfit be? And he was sort of like playing coy. And so I was, at first I was thinking he was actually unsure about his outfit. But then when I saw what he actually wore, it was yeah. never, he was never unsure. He was just dropping hints to make sure you knew it wasn't no accident. Right, right, right. And so he was and, like full, fully crypt out. Oh, he was fully fucking crypt out, bro. And like, oh my God. Oh my God. It was just like, that's not an organization like I'm excited about personally. Like I care about them, but what it means to like American history in the bigger picture and like the impact of that on um, like the 20th century and American culture and black culture and music culture, like the Crips is not nothing. Right. Uh, and also Snoop is an OG in that gang, but he's right. cool as fuck with the game and game yeah. is like an OG in the blood. So like, there's definitely 
uh, like a mutual respect that they have there. But that's a yeah. that's a digression for another day. But yeah, I, yeah. I guess my expectation going ahead was I thought he was gonna come out wearing some funky, like just some like cool crazy outfit like these celebrities do. I didn't expect yeah. that his outfit was gonna be like a whole statement. But not only right. was it a statement, it was like the statement. Yeah, yeah, I I I agree with uh, Snoop's outfit, and um, you know, kind of like looking at expectations. My expectations were like very high, um, just because, like you said, it was kind of like your our youth and our introduction into hip hop really started with Dr. Dre. You know, like sure, my one of my first CDs that I ever bought is the Beastie License to Ill. Um, it was like that or like Britney Spears hit me baby one more time. Like it was mm-hmm. one of those CDs, either that or Spice World, one of those three <laughs> CDs. And then like TLC and mail was a close, like fourth place for like, those are the original CDs that I ever bought, but I'm pretty sure BC boys was number one. I was like in sixth grade or something like that. But like back then, like hip hop was, you know, like I knew a little bit about Eminem and then it wasn't until like I started downloading music illegally off of the internet with Kazaa and LimeWire and BearShare, all that stuff, like that I really like dive deep into Dr. Dre's discography and then all the artists that Dr. Dre touched, right? So like Cube, Black, NWA, the DOC, I mean, like the list goes on, right? Um, so my expectations were like super high and I was super hyped um, and I, I really didn't follow a lot about it. I only saw like the advertisements on television and then on um, like social media from like the Pepsi, you know, commercials for their halftime show. Right. Right. So uh, I really didn't know what to expect and full disclosure. I really don't know a lot of Kendrick Lamar, uh, but I was still like hyped for the fact that it, it was going to be a hip hop concert in the Super Bowl and the announcers leading up to it, they were discussing it, um, how it's, uh, it's kind of, it's a historic moment, right? Because the, the NFL as it is today and hip hop and hip hop culture, they are so intermingled that, um, this was kind of like a momentous occasion actually having hip hop as the main act of the Super Bowl halftime show. It's um, the it's the element of black culture being center stage in an athletic event that's like 60-70% black people. Yeah. And profiting 0% like black owners of sports teams or black like you know there's like one black team manager or something like that like Right. You know what I mean like so like there's definitely like a disproportionate on like who's gaining wealth off of this event, uh, off of this event. But it was amazing to see black culture center stage in this context yeah. for the first yeah. time in such a big, big way. And I didn't mean to interrupt your flow, but I just wanted to like interject that it was like, like once in a lifetime, like amazing. I felt like I watched the moon landing. <laughs> I mean, like, so I, I was like, I've, I've seen videos of like snoop and dre perform together and i've seen eminem perform on like the grammys and things like that i have seen you know eminem perform with dr dre on the grammys uh and those are like 
you know, watching M and Dr. Dre perform live on television, be it at the Super Bowl too, it just like, you know, it elevated it. Um, and, you know, those guys and Snoop uh, are like really influential in my love for rap and hip hop. So that was something definitely very special to me. And um, so I have been dying to talk to you about this. So uh, I know, today is, I know. We're, we're recording right now on February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Um, I hope if you have someone to celebrate with, you fucking do it hip hop style. So, you know, get yourself a 40 of OE, wear your gold chain. Uh, and I don't know, take, take her out to like, uh, like Chick-fil-A, Burger King. What? What's 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 like a hip hop, fast food, not fancy restaurant? Why would it be not fancy? I'm just saying, like White Castle, White Castle. That seems right. I think take your take your boo out to White Castle. <laughs> well, Tupac was big on like El Pollo Loco. I don't know. Oh, man. you know what? Never though? had it. Yo, fucking Mexican food slaps. So I'm just gonna go with that. It's February. You need a little spice in your life. Get some rice and beans. Some spicy chicken if you, you know, aren't a vegan like some people. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay. Um, I, my social media is, like, flooded with people who are like, that was the best show of all time. And many people, I'll call out LeBron James. He said it was the best halftime show of all time it was all caps it was like exclamation points like crazy um i don't even fuck with lebron and i retweeted that because i agree I, with it wholeheartedly so uh i am probably in the minority when i say i don't think that that was halftime show of all time and um i understand controversial or uh, hated I'm going to be for saying those words on the podcast that I co-host with you called Cold Brew and Hip Hop, right? We can throw hands. We can throw hands right now. Nah, dog. I ain't, try- I ain't trying to throw no hands. But listen, okay. So I will, I'll just give you how, like, my initial reaction glued to the TV. My my mouth was open, right? And I wasn't really saying a lot. And, I, and we can, like dissect my audio recording as well it's 15 minutes worth of audio recording right and i really didn't say a lot because i was in awe okay so i don't want to like sell the performance short but what However, was what was the better what was the better halftime show so i have a list of all of them starting from 2007 but we can we can dissect that after i i, I want to like i want to give my thought I really really enjoyed it i super enjoyed it uh snoop was on point I feel like Dre might have been lip syncing. And now I know that like a lot of performers, they will perform their show and record it live and then do the same thing with the same choreography in the live event. And they'll just, you know, because it's so loud, there's people screaming. It's in a huge ass stadium. Right. And like acoustics really aren't great for concerts. So they'll just, you know, lip sync. Some of the time. So I don't know if that was what was happening, but like, I kind of feel like that was what was going on with Dre. Um, Man, they just did like snippets of their hits. Um, And I feel like uh, Mary J. Blige 
her performance was fantastic. I don't think she was lip syncing. Like she was like going all out. Uh, and her, like the imagery of her, like dancing on that little roof was like awesome. Her outfit and the backup dancers outfits were really like just making her pop, you know? And then Eminem doing lose yourself. I get it. It's kind of like the song that really like defines him as a rapper right it's it's the story about his life from the movie eight mile right so like that's like i don't think that's like eminem's like biggest hit and i wish that we got to see like more of like their actual performances or maybe like all like there's plenty of songs with dre snoop and m why couldn't we get one of those i gotta say hands down the part that i love the most was kendrick's performance like legit he was thinking outside of the box it was very very black power right and it was clear by the outfits that he and his his backup dancers were wearing uh you know he had the black glove on his left hand and he put it up there for you know like black power and uh i loved kendrick's performance i loved the uh symbolism of the imagery that was used on the set and on the the costumes that the dancers were wearing when they were performing still DRE, which is what closed out the show. um, I don't know if you noticed, but all the dudes were wearing jumpsuits like DOC certified jumpsuits. Correct. So not only does like DOC stand for department of corrections, it also stands for the doc, right? So, you know, there, there was the DOC and the doctor um, and I think that that is uh, a very powerful image. And, you know, so if I were to compare it to another time that I've seen Dr. Dre and Eminem perform, which would be at the 2011 Grammys when Eminem was, came out rapping and he was doing a new song no one had ever heard before called uh, I Need a Doctor. And then Dr. Dre came on the stage. I was freaking out and running laps around my living room because Dr. Dre had not performed had not come out with a new song in years. And I was losing my shit when I saw that happen. So level of hype when I saw that Grammy performance in 2011, as compared to my level of hype, seeing this performance of them just kind of like doing their hits. And then the show was over. Granted, it was like, I think it was like 14 to 15 minutes long. So it's longer than most performances, but I still kind of feel underwhelmed. And I feel kind of like, right? Because like, I don't want to like, I don't want to say nothing on social media. And I mean, here I am throwing it out there to like the universe right now, but I don't think it was the greatest of all time. Uh, I feel like it could have been a little bit better. And I feel like shit about that. Uh, Prince in 2007, fucking killed it. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in 2008, that was great. But I gotta say, like, Bruce Springsteen and the East in 2009, they brought the fucking house down. Then we had a bunch of, like, other, like, groups. There's, there was, like, Madonna and Black Eyed Peas. Beyonce was pretty good. Bruno Mars was all right. Katy Perry was okay with that, that left shark in 2015. That was kind of funny. Then we have bullshit like Coldplay, Justin Timberlake in 18, 
Maroon 5 was fucking stupid. So I got to say, though, like two, 2020 with Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, that was a fantastic show. And then last year with The Weeknd, I thought The Weeknd put on like an amazing spectacle of, of a show. And that was also COVID, right? And I felt that this concert that happened last night was just kind of like, it, it felt tame to me, man. They had low riders out there on the field. Them motherfuckers weren't bouncing. Someone got up on the hood of one of the low riders at one point, but come on, man. Like Dr. Dre is known for like coming out on low riders on the fucking stage. I'm going to do a respectful counterpart. I'm going to do a counterpoint respectfully. Sure. I'm going to say it was not tame. And this is my opinion because they were told not to do so many things, but they still did those things with billions, billions of United States dollars on the line in business deals. And the uh, probably the ability to like come back again and that'll never happen you know like if they basically tell the nfl as an organization that they're not going to do something and then they do it anyways like True. say we still not loving police and they're like okay just don't do that whole police line and he's like okay yeah sure 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 and then he right. went ahead and did that police line um so did you know that going into the show because if i had known that like they told eminem he couldn't kneel they you know they told like, if they said, Kendrick, we don't want no fucking Black Power, you know, like, uh, you know, Black Panther shit. Uh, Dre, don't say, you know, fuck the police or not, not loving police or shit like that. Like, we don't want any of that gangster NWA shit. Snoop, don't wear Crip shit. You know, like, if, if I had known, like, if that was, like, public knowledge, and maybe that's that's my bad for, like, not going too deep into the halftime show. But also, like, I feel like that wasn't, like... To me, it wasn't talked about. I remember well, when the Red Hot Red Hot Chili Peppers were going to, like, make that guest appearance. And they were like, yeah, maybe we'll come out naked just wearing tube socks over our cock and balls like they used to do back in the 90s. And it was, like, all over the radio and TV. They're like, the NFL is telling them that they won't be able to do it. And they, they can't – they better not, you know, come on stage naked because that's, you know I, – I don't, I don't know. So – Set me straight, bro. Like, did well. I'm gonna. Here's here's why that's it's a given. Colin Kaepernick hasn't played a game of football True. since he took a knee. Right. The NFL is not friendly towards outspoken Black Lives Matter right. players or guests. Right. And uh, and they've censured other players aside from Colin Kaepernick for being outspoken in that type right. of way. Where the NBA has typically been kind of like nonchalant. The NFL and Roger Goodell as a commissioner has really been white supremacy kind of, and they have a right. track record of being like a modern plantation, if you will, is in, right. in terms of like social justice matters. Right. So if I put myself in the shoes of like a law enforcement officer of like a police officer, if I was watching that and I'm not one of those um, for many reasons, but if I was, I would probably have been outraged if it was, if it was like an old school Southern sheriff or something, and he was watching that, he probably took that as a giant middle finger to the the white supremacist systems right. that they keep in place. Right. Um, imagine and that, the, and that the police perpetuate. Correct, and but imagine you are you built your whole career around taking down organized crime, and then they fly two Compton black flags. And somebody yeah. comes out head to toe in what others would equate to 
I'm not equating it to that, but others would equate it to like a, a terror organization or like a, a yeah. extreme violence organization. Imagine if you came out in the Super Bowl halftime show wearing some other like controversial garb like that. Right. But he re- he received a standing ovation, and between that, the kneel, and the line, and I don't know if there was any other stuff, but oh, and the Kendrick the Kendrick fit. Yeah. Um, the reason the reason that I contend that it was one of the best performances is little to do with the music because there was parts of the music part that I wasn't like, it was okay. Like I'll give you that. It was pretty standard. Um, and also Mary J did it and I don't think she lip synced and I give her that credit, right. but also right. like, I wasn't really there for her and I was sure. glad she was on the stage and I applauded her, but I, I wasn't there for her. I didn't care. 50. Yeah. He was there as, to me, like my interpretation, he was there as like a New York like diplomat to the hip hop genre and culture. Sure. Because without sure. him, there was no New York on stage. So they, they sure. put 50 and then they mostly had like West Coast people. And it was like the, the, the halftime show to me was a message. Sure. Because the black rights voting bill did not get passed. It was uh, right before Martin Luther King Day. And Martin Luther King III said, do not celebrate this holiday if we don't pass the voting rights bill. The voting rights bill did not pass. Oh, shit. And he straight up said, please don't celebrate my father's day. And mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. people have been very outspoken uh, this Black History Month because it's just gone shitty. Like they they went to bat for Biden and they don't have much to show for it comparatively. Like what they thought they would get as far as change and progress goes and what what they're actually seeing it, yeah you know perhaps has been quite disappointing yeah uh, i mean this, like you know fuck joe biden though you know <laughs> this halftime show was beyond a musical performance i really enjoyed the hits uh yeah. it doesn't bother me seeing the hits and i didn't care whether there was like a collab or this or that because i had zero ex- expectations of what was going to happen music wise i was just like he could have snoop could have came out and smoked a blunt and like farted and went back behind stage and like ended the show like i probably would have still clapped but like he he did perform the hits it was like watching jordan do slam dunks or mike tyson knock people out okay it's we've seen it we've seen it but it's really good it's really fucking good sure Um, sure. dre he might have he might have uh lip sync dre might not have been i had a suspicion that when he was playing the piano for the beginning of still dre i had a suspicion that that was like an unplugged piano and he was just hitting keys I don't know. Nah, I think uh, no. Nah, I th- I think he knows how to play the keyboard because that's how that's how he made a lot of those those um those melodies that he had like on his l- little Casio keyboard um for uh, uh Snoop's album Doggy Style and for um the Chronic. I don't doubt that he knows how to play it. I I'm just I'm not a hundred percent convinced that that was like a live of him <laughs> sure. doing that right now. Yeah. You know? it yeah, could yeah. be. I, if I would love to be wrong on that. Uh, but for me, it was like watching Jordan do dunks and and then but like with Prince, I am a Prince fan and all the other people you named, uh, I would never disparage Prince. But all the other people you named, Tom Petty, I give a fuck yeah. about all those other. Yeah, I don't give a yeah. shit about the Black Eyed Peas. But Prince, I, like Prince can be good at the same time as Dre, because I feel like if Prince was still alive today, Prince would be like wiping happy tears from his eyes in the stands like they're, yeah. they're not even like competing with each other like prince is true, in his universe true, true. dre's in his universe and they, they like shake hands together like i don't know you know what i mean like it's different it's they're not in the same um 
ballpark. Ballpark. They're not, even, they're, they're not playing they're, the same sport. Right. And so both can be amazing. And both, like, I, I'm going to say I agree about Prince being one of the greatest all-time shows. I don't know whether Prince made a statement during his show. I don't know if he was acting for change or if he was just putting on a baller-ass show. But it was great and it was groundbreaking. Um, right. And I miss Prince. But, like, I, I don't think we'll ever see what we saw yesterday. I don't think we'll sure. ever see that in a, in a very long time. That was like when Obama won the shit and everybody was just like losing their mind. And like, yeah, did change come the next morning? No, it didn't. But like, we just, we felt like things were going in the right direction and I'm not black and I can't claim to know like what was going on in people's spirits at that time. Yeah. But I know that there's been a lot of like disappointment and tension as of late. And I know it is black history month. And I know like George Floyd and shit has been, shit has just, it's been like tense, you know? And it was, it felt fucking yeah. good to see that. I, I, I seen people on social talking about, oh, there's only one white guy on stage and he had Yo, the shortest fuck out of here. Who fuck the fuck cares, bro? Why are you like, who the fuck cares? I don't it's, care. It's Why not do you even care? about white or black at that point. I think, I think Eminem even fucking said in one of his songs, it ain't about white or black. Like, I, I agree. It, he, he, yeah. Eminem's not concerned about it. Like he doesn't feel like he's getting shortchanged. Why the fuck do you care? But I, okay, so I'm so glad that like, bro. Like I wish that like in another universe we were together for the show, and I think that like <laughs> we would have been able to talk afterwards because you know I just it, it kind of like I I get it now. Like it, it it's more about like the message of the of the actual spectacle of the performance and what it means especially what it means for, you know, the, the black American community, you know, seeing these hip hop artists perform on the biggest stage of the year. Right. And yeah, regardless yeah. of if they play their hits or whatever, who gives a, like you said, get the, who gives a fuck about the hits? You know, I mean, I, Katie was telling me like, what's Kendrick's most popular song. I forget the name of it. Um, I, I don't know his most uh, popular, but I love the recipe, and it's with Dre. Yeah, I forget. She, Katie, was like, "Oh, he didn't play something love or something." I don't know. I'm, I, he I has a know. poetic I'm, justice song that was like one of his first drops. Maybe, but... maybe it's that. Like, it's one of his better known songs. But anyway, you know. But I mean, when I when I saw Kendrick, I think that's when it like it it like hit me. You know, these there were Dre Day sashes. You know, mm -hmm. they all have bleached hair. Like, hey, that's a fucking commitment. You know, you do, you, you know, bleaching your short ass hair. So that's got to hurt your scalp. They have bleached fucking beards. Wearing all black. Kendrick's just wearing his shades and with that, you know, with that black power fucking fist. I mean, that's when it like it. That's when it. And I'm like, yeah, Kendrick's making a fucking statement. And oh, yeah. I mean, like I knew Snoop's outfit was making a statement, but you know, again, and then, and then, yeah, like w when those dancers were all wearing a DOC jumpsuits and they were flying Compton flags, you know, I was oh, like, God. Yeah, I have goosebumps. Yeah. I, I have yeah. goosebumps, Kazi. Like, the, do you know, like there, like the 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 overpopulation of the United States prison system is disproportionately, like, yeah. there's more black people in prison today than there were ever enslaved people in America. Yep. And like 
the Thirteenth Amendment allows that to continue happening is like a, a loophole where you can have slavery as long as you found them to be guilty of a crime. Yep. All of these things were layered statements, and like, I remember when when they came they came with the the um, the beginning of Still Dre, and they had transitioned it from I Ain't Mad at Ya. Yeah. They had California Love, and then they had just the very beginning of I Ain't Mad at Ya. So that was two nods to Tupac. They also yeah. shouted out Nate Dogg. Two people that couldn't be on stage. Like, I was shaking. When I was did like, they shout out Nate Dog. Uh, Snoop. I, I, I have to rewatch it, but I could be mistaken. But I feel like Snoop just verbally said it, like at the very beginning. Damn, man! I remember where I was when they when I found out that Nate Dog died. Ah, there speaking is a, of, sorry, go go go. There is a desk in one of the business classrooms at MCC that has R.I.P. Nate Dog <laughs> etched into it from yours truly. Yeah, suck it. Was it Brighton campus or downtown campus? Brighton, Brighton. Nice. I went to mostly Brighton. I had like, I never, I never had classes at Damon City campus because uh, I just, I didn't need to, but I was there like every day because I would take the bus. So take I would bus, have yeah, to like yeah. take a piss. So I had my ID card. So I would just get in and piss in the Damon campus and wait for my transfer. And then I would go, like, nice. um, I hated that. I hated that campus. It was so ass. I think the new one's better. But Yeah, um, man, they got the fucking Kodak headquarter building now. Yeah, I saw somebody literally smoking crack out in the front sidewalk <laughs> of that, like, after they opened the campus. I was like, oh. Holy fuck. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a student. I think it was just a passerby. But, yeah, it was not weed. It was a crack pipe. Um, <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, yeah. So Snoop, and I have to say, this was also a cathartic moment for him because recently he became the owner and CEO of Death Row Records. That's right. So just like a full circle for him. He did launch a new album back on Death Row. Uh, I listened to the whole thing like 10 times. My mom is my mom, my mom is like stuck on this album. My mom loves this shit. Like he even shouts out Nate in the first track. Still, I think it's called Still Smoking. Oh, and right. uh, like he's got all kinds of features and I he's a guy with like a really long discography and he's got some albums that I love and some of them that to me with all due respect are not they're just kind of like a dud whatever yeah. but yeah. like this was not a dud this was a this was old Snoop this was like he's fucking dick wagon and he's like yo and he's like a he's like a, a Compton he's at Long Beach he's a fucking crip and he's got his whole crew on the album. Like, I like Kanye who? I don't give a fuck. Like, Snoop is still out here. And I was yeah, so yeah. stoked to see him on that stage as, yeah. like, I, wherever Suge is in the world, watch that. And he had the smallest PP known to mankind. <laughs> he fucking eat shit, Suge Knight. Yeah, eat yeah. fucking shit, dude. Yeah, remember when you were, you remember when you were on top and you had all these fucking dudes? Look where you now. Motherfucker got knocked out in the club. Crip walking on the Super Bowl. Dudes never yeah. thought you never thought you would see the day. This is yeah. like, oh my god. So like, anyways, my thoughts. My thoughts was more than one Super Bowl can be good and groundbreaking. And for me, for my lifetime, and for as somebody who gives zero fucks about the NFL, I do not watch yeah. NFL. I do not care. I watched every moment of that halftime show without blinking. My eighth grade self, the biggest hip hop fan in the world, I, I was overjoyed. 
I wish I could have been there. If they do a tour, like a still smoking or up in smoke or something, I will yeah. sell my car. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. I will go to that show. Yeah, dude. I mean, so I I agree with you. Like, it it's definitely like a powerful once in a lifetime experience to see that. And you're right. Like, you know, so you were talking about how like there's like some Southern sheriff who's watching the halftime show, but if he really, you know, you got to think that there's probably dudes who tuned it off. Right. Or they walked out of the room. So it may not even hit them that, you know, still not loving police line. They might not even hurt it, you know, cause like, man, when Janet Jackson ripped, you know, when Justin Timberlake ripped Janet Jackson's shirt and had that titty come out, I was yeah. in the other room. I was in the other uh, room. Same, I was like, I don't, want, I don't want to see no Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Fuck out of here. I got up. I went to go get some snacks. Ten seconds later, the entire living room at my friend's house erupted. And I ran back in. I'm like, what just happened? They saw, we just saw Janet Jackson's titty on fucking, you know, 40-inch TV. And I'm like, what? I missed it. And then I was like, but it's on commercial now. And they're like, yeah, CBS cut that feed mad quick. So, you know, and... I was in the school library the next day Googling that shit. Oh, Janet yeah. Jackson, boob, Super Bowl, plus Timberlake. Like, yep. <laughs> trying to think. I didn't see it, but I wanted to see it. Yeah, I mean, we all seen it now. I mean, it was mm-hmm. an interesting, mm-hmm. interesting nipple ring. She circled around the nipple with a post through it. All right, Janet, like, I love Chris Rock's line. is all like, pulling out a titty on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and that's a 40-year-old titty. 20-year-old titty, that's a community titty. 40-year-old titty, that's your man's titty. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I digress. You know, I, I'm I'm glad that, like, I'll debrief with you because, like, I do feel differently now having, like, talked it through and, like, uh, unpacked all of these spots that are in my head. Um like look back at like past Super Bowl performances that I I loved. I gotta say that Bruce Springsteen is at the top music wise, right? He put on a fucking rock and roll concert and, and the Who performed as well, like after Springsteen, the Who fucking stunk. <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete wasn't at the end of the fucking set after they played Won't Get Fooled Again or whatever, Pete Townsend took his guitar off, held it by the fucking neck held it in the air, and I'm like, he's going to smash his guitar like he did back in the fucking olden days. And then he just tossed it into the crowd. Or he set it wow, down. Wow. No, I th- I th- no, I think he <laughs> set it down. He set it down on the stage. Like, fuck you. You're playing a Super Bowl, man. You're a fucking rock legend. and You can't smash a guitar for us? Fuck out of here. But, you know, Bruce Springsteen, he was like, you know, and he's not a young dude running all over the stage. He fucking did, like, the rock and roll power slide on his knees right into the cameraman. Like, and he was, like, hyping up the crowd. So, like, to me, like, that that was rocking, you know? Like, that mm-hmm. was, like, a concert that brought the house down. So I think that's what, like, you know, and Prince, Prince was playing, I think, in Seattle. And it started raining while he was playing Purple Rain. Like, that wasn't planned. They didn't, they checked the weather forecast. And they were like, oh, it's going to, it's not going to rain. Like, it's going to pass us, right? And, like... <laughs> It didn't start raining until Prince started performing the song Purple Rain. And, like, that's, like, fucking out of this world. Like, and, and he didn't plan that, right? But, like, to me, that's just, like, whoa. You know, like, that's fucking crazy. Um, but now, like, talking it through with you and, like, 
knowing, like, I've read a few things, too, throughout the day that, like, they told Eminem not to kneel, and he's like, okay, I'm not gonna, and he fucking did it anyway. And the fact that, like, the fact that NBC didn't cut the feed, I mean, that that's kind of like, that. it's interesting, right? Because they, and I think NBC is, like, very inclusive, you know, of, like, people of color, because don't, don't they have Blackish? Wasn't that on their network? And like, uh, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure because I only watched that on Hulu, so I'm not sure. Yeah. But but, but like, NBC you know, they... slash Peacock is definitely a pro black, pro yeah. people of color in general. Yeah. So like, I think I think they probably knew. They're like, ah, fuck. We said don't say the not loving police, and oh shit, Kendrick Lamar is raising a fucking you know black power fist, fucking Black Panther shit, you know. I, do you do you remember a few years ago when uh, it was like uh, Beyonce performed and then like Bruno Mars came out too with Beyonce and it was all like, uh, all like all the backup dancers they were all like lined up like they were in an army marching and it was like they were all wearing black and it was like it had a very black power feel and like all the fucking white folk on on social media and on like the news the next day they were like what's going on with this black power movement in the halftime show you know like look. <laughs> You know, and oh man, all the fucking racist shit that people were saying about the weekend last year, and you're just like, God damn! And it's like, y'all motherfuckers realize that like something stupid, like I want to say like ninety percent of the NFL players are black. Yeah, I could I could be wrong with my percentage. No, but it's well over half, regardless. Let's let's just let's just say seventy five percent at least. You know, and like fuck out of here like you want to be like oh why is it black power meanwhile i'm gonna fucking bet money on on these players you know with my fantasy league or with these fucking fan duel and blah 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 i don't know it's just like you gotta pick a lane right like if you're gonna be upset that you know black culture is represented as part of the nfl during their biggest game then you're watching it for all the fucking wrong reasons. Like you got to understand what these people are going through, you know? And like on Roger Goodell, fuck that motherfucker. That <laughs> stupid ass white bread, chicken shit, cornbread <laughs> eating motherfucker. He, he's that dude. He's that dude. That yes. Dr. Dre, all of them convict in, uh, in, uh, 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 fuck the police. The beginning the montage. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. You've been found guilty of being a white bread, chicken shit. <laughs> motherfucker. Fuck you! <laughs> like, Get him out of my sight! Get him out of my sight! Fuck you, you black motherfucker! Fuck the police! Um, I guess I, I guess I wish I I got like more, like what the their first song was it nothing but a G thing was that the 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 first song it opened up, right? It was that, and then it went to Snoop doing next episode. I want to say. And then it was 50. And then Mary J did like two songs. Yep. And then Kendrick did one and then M and then they ended with still DRE. All right. So like, I feel like if we had gotten like some shit off, you know, like, I don't know. Fuck it. Fuck the censors. Throw in Dre Day, you know, like, I don't know. Or rolling him, you know, uh, 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 let me ride, you know, like. I don't know. I, I would have loved Let Me Ride. I think I, I just came like uh uh who am I thinking of? Most Def 
so the lyrical most stuff he said in one line uh i stopped asking for permission i just stepped up and took it and that kind of reminds me of all those guys on that stage especially yeah kendrick but all those guys especially like yeah. even dre and um stopped asking permission just stepped up and took it so maybe with the bruno show in the previous years with subtle um even the shakira moment there was like um a nod to like islam and, and it's f you trump yeah. you know and yeah. like yeah, th- yeah. there's always been like subtle little sneaks and this year they were like we're just gonna step up and take it like we're not asking yeah. if black lives matter we're letting you know black lives yeah. matter yeah true and M M held that knee for a while too. I was like, "What's he doing?" And I just like, I guess I'd forgotten about it because like you know they stopped, people stopped being mad, I guess. And then the NFL was like, "If you want to take a knee," like I remember like the Buffalo Bills organization was like, "Listen, if you want to take a knee, take a knee," you know. And like, we're not going to like penalize you. We understand how important this is because, of course, black culture is deeply rooted in the NFL. So an NFL player and you happen to happen to be black or you want to support your black teammates, then fucking do it. You know, like conservatives are so fucking stupid. Cause it started out with Colin Kaepernick sitting down for the anthem. And then yeah. like a U.S. army special ops guy or whatever, yeah. like special forces guy was like, Hey, let's compromise. Like, I agree with your statement, but maybe you could take a knee instead of sitting through it. And then yeah. he was like, yeah, He's like, yeah, I don't want to be disrespectful to the flag, but I, at the same time, I do want to make a statement, so I'll do the knee instead. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Mr. Army Man. And yeah. so, like, conservatives are so fucking stupid that he was, like, showing respect to this army guy and to the flag, and they're still yeah. going to get offended because they're too fucking twisted to believe in the concept of black lives mattering. Well, it's because, I mean, it's because of white supremacy, man. I mean, like, it, it's it's so, you know, white supremacy is so deep-rooted in the 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 rule of law in this nation and in the fucking uh economics of this nation that it's unfathomable that someone would ever not want to stand for the flag and i mean i post 9-11 like you couldn't fucking get me to fucking say the pledge of allegiance to put my heart my hand over my heart and stand for the flag and i used to sit and like i used to catch flack from students, from teachers in my homerooms, all them years. Finally, Mr. Grisewood, God bless this man. He's my art teacher. I, I had him for homeroom my junior year because, like, for whatever reason, we got we did away with homeroom, and then, like, your first period was just your homeroom. So, you know, they would do the morning announcements and all that bullshit cutting into art class. But he'd oh. be like, listen, he's he's – you know, a Vietnam veteran, he served in the Navy and he definitely has, you know, some sort of like, I don't know if it's full on PTSD, but like, you know, he, he saw some shit, you know, and it, and it definitely affected him. And he was like, listen, you know, I fought for my country and it was bullshit. You know, like it, it turned out that it was, it was for nothing. You know, we were just doing this for no good reason. And friends of mine died and all this stuff, you know, like, but, you know, the least you can do is stand. You don't, I'm not, I'm not asking you to put your hand over your heart. I'm not sound, telling you to say the pledge, but you know, this is a small piece of me. And I'm just asking that you stand and just show, show that little bit of respect. And I'm like, you know what? Cool. Like, 
you didn't come and like attack me and like verbally assault me with all this fucking, you know, flag waving mumbo jumbo because he also was like president George W. Bush is the dumbest man on the face (laughs) of the earth. And like, I was so politically charged at that time in my life. It's like right when I was finding out who I was, you know, and I was like, fuck the system. And I was doing all sorts of like, like pushing boundaries of like art. And I think the cool thing about an art teacher is that you're not going to tell a student that you can't paint that you can't draw that. Right. Because I'm expressing myself and, and my emotions are coming through in my work. And you've seen those uh, those prints I made in the in in my in my basement, where mm-hmm. it's the the Iraqi flag and then, you know, uh, with the U.S. coffins and it says "Help us." I mean, so like you know, like that's how I was feeling, and he was like, "I'm totally down with what you're doing," but at the same time, you know, like, so th- I I think that I understand Colin Kaepernick's, uh, you know, uh, compromise with that guy, and yeah, dude, for real, like fuck conservative america <laughs> fuck fuck what they th- like it's like and that's at, at a certain point too it's like do you think anything would have ever gotten done staying conservative right let's so like let's let's dissect that word right being conservative means you don't take risks you don't live outside of the box you just you're cookie cutter you do everything as the way it's been done you're so deep rooted in like tradition and like and rules and all this stuff. And don't you think that like these fucking, let's just like a small little snippet of like what our lives are like in 20. We have iPhones. Do you think if Steve jobs was fucking conservative, we would have ever had a fucking iPod that would have eventually led to the creation of the I telephone. I agree. And like these, some of these, constitutional traditionalists they they think that they're sticking to the true america by dick riding the founding fathers and don't get me wrong like i they had some ideas um but like they were far from perfect and they they also thought it was okay to own human beings right many of many of them so like let's not act like they're like morally infallible when they they obviously fell short in a lot of ways uh the founding fathers were not perfect. Okay. Right. Like we can, we can respect some of the good ideas that they had and that they did not put through in practice, but we can also criticize them and do better. Like, I mean, like, okay. Like you just said, like the iPhone, right? We have the entirety of the world's knowledge or most of it at our fingertips, basically for free. Mm-hmm. And it's because of somebody whose dad was a Syrian immigrant. And all of this wouldn't, all of this wouldn't be possible without like what, like global trade, immigration. I don't know. I just feel like yeah. our founding fathers, they could never even imagine an America where there was a sport game where black people were being paid in to celebrate black people. Yeah. You know, and like, I just think that this whole, this whole thing about like, just like I said, dick riding the founding fathers, I, I don't think, I don't think that they, they their brains would explode if they woke yeah. up in 2022 America. Yeah. It's it's still not good enough, but like we have made some progress and like I I like the direction we're going, but like we still we got a ways to go. Hey, I'm really happy that you used the term dick riding 
And I'm so happy because that's been in my mind all day because I've been like, all my people on social are dick riding this fucking halftime show. And I'm just like, meh. But again, now you've changed my mind. and I'm, I didn't mean to know. change your mind. I just meant to uh, make, no. make my point respectfully. And, and And it's good that we have conversations like this because if I just stay closeted, feelings and emotions in this tiny bubble that was me my wife and my two cats and i don't watching the halftime show i'm pretty sure both of them were asleep um <laughs> you know like I, I think that it's important that we kind of deconstruct and you know talk through our feelings about you know uh a moment in history like this right and so this is a moment in hip-hop history and i it, it's good that you know the two of us got together to discuss it and so I, I i thank you like you know like i'm still like meh about the music but then i realize that it's bigger than just the music you know like like immortal techniques line you know this you know this is bigger than immortal technique right it's it's bigger than what's going on right now it's it's the whole and it's not just you know there isn't like rock and roll culture right people oh that's so rock and roll you're fucking but like there's it's, it's like it's like hip hop culture is you know like i don't know wearing gold chains part of hip hop culture how many football players wear their jewelry while they're playing and you're like man should you be wearing a fucking chain while you're like running down the field and like jumping fucking like four foot vertical jump stretching out catching a ball with one hand you saw that fucking Bengals player catch that ball with one hand god damn no I gotta yeah. be honest with you. I barely watched that game. I was yeah, yeah. I was on cloud nine. I didn't give a fuck yeah. what happened with the game. <laughs> oh, this was in the first half, so don't worry about it. Um, oh, but, I was having um, a, a private meeting upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, f- I figured. Uh, but so you know, I think that um, to to quote the very controversial Joe Rogan, but Joe, what Joe Rogan said, I want to end up was if thomas jefferson came to the year 2020 he his the first words out of his mouth would be like you guys didn't write any new shit he's like i wrote (laughs) that with a fucking quill on a a fucking feather quill by candlelight you guys didn't think of anything new in 200 fucking years (laughs) dead ass and 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 you know like that little snippet of joe rogan i agree with because like yes like the founding fathers knew that they weren't perfect. That's why they left it open-ended. And that's why they referred to it as the the great American experiment. And I feel like we've been stagnated because of, of conservatism. And, you know, with without people pushing boundaries and without people taking huge risks, right? Like Galileo saying that the fucking earth didn't revolve around the or that the, the universe didn't revolve around the earth that it actually revolved around the sun and mm-hmm. I, I think that was galileo right um you know it was like huge and he got fucking jailed for it like the church was like no 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 you can't be saying that kind of shit you know but he was like but hey look we landed on the moon and we're going to space and we got the james webb fucking space telescope that can fucking take pictures like a billion times better resolution than the fucking Hubble telescope ever could, you know, like it with, without people like that in the human history, right. Without people who take these huge risks 
and push boundaries, we would still be in a fucking cave, right? With no sort of language, without cars and jets and fast monorail trains. (laughs) It's um, true, man. It's true. um, Speaking of monorail trains, which makes me think of The Simpsons, um, I really want to get that Hank Scorpio tattoo of him with the (laughs) flamethrower. But then Katie said and I should get matching bro tattoos and I think it would be perfect if I got Hank Scorpio reaching into his pockets to get the sugar and you got Homer with his hands out with the sugar in his hands. I am down and James James will be back in late April for the Rock City Expo. Oh hell yeah. So uh, I already talked to him earlier today about that. He said he'll definitely be back for that. And so I'm yeah. I'm down man. Tight, tight. Um, yeah I was talking to him about maybe seeing if I was like, what do you think about if I go see Bree? And he's like, Bree's great. Um, she got a great style. And he's like down with it. So um, I I just, I'm desperate for some new ink. I mean, my birthday's coming up and Katie was like, people keep asking me what to get you. And I'm all like, gift certificates to uh, Pyramid Arts tattoo. That would be great. Because if I get enough of them, I can just get a tattoo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh Thank you. Uh, I am in my car at a gas station. Are you also in your car? I'm in my car at my job. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So this is uh this is a uh, uh, cold brew and hip hop in our car. I'm drinking uh, Coca Cola. Um, I've been sipping on a Fiji water. Ooh, you got that good, good. Um, bro, you came in clutch for me with that cold brew that you brought. So, uh, for our <laughs> listeners. My wife throws an annual Galentine's party for all her girlfriends, and uh, that was on Saturday. And so she had, you know, like maybe like eight of her girlfriends came over and dishes to pass and all that stuff and decorations and tons of mimosas and all that stuff. Way too many bottles of champagne I threw into the recycling bin, um, and. Jacob was kind enough to bring me over a cold brew and I wasn't feeling too hot. My stomach was kind of like doing some backflips because uh, I may or may not have taken a prescription painkiller that I was prescribed after my, ba- uh, my back surgery. Uh, when in hindsight, I probably should have just taken two Tylenol and like called it a day with the low level of pain I was feeling. But I was like, yeah, I should be fine. I'll pop one of these. And I was not. <laughs> So I, I didn't drink I didn't drink the the cold brew until Sunday morning and uh, I really fucking I needed that too. Uh, that, I'm that glad I'm glad it came in handy, man. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, dog. Uh, you got any? Uh, you and Vicky got any plans for Valentine's Day? Oh, uh, not too much that I know of, but definitely some Thai food and being lazy. Ooh. Yeah, man. I uh. I feel that Thai food. I'm I'm gonna be cooking dinner for Katie tonight, so I'm gonna swing by Wegman's on my way home. And I have yet to decide what I'm gonna do because she had the the stomach bug because it was going around her uh, her childcare center. So she had that stomach bug Saturday night into Sunday, and she was just feeling ass yesterday. Um, she's feeling all better today, and she's like, "I can eat, I can eat whatever." Like uh, my my stomach doesn't feel crazy. Um, but yo, the the baby was like having a dance party in her womb <laughs> yesterday. She was like, she kept telling me like, come feel the baby, come feel the baby. And I'd come by and be like, oh, it stopped. And I'm like, well, the fuck, you know, like, <laughs> but she's like, 
it's like doing like flips and moving all sorts of crazy. So I don't know if like her stomach bug, you know, if her stomach was being upset that like the movement in her intestines and her stomach was like pushing on the womb and making the baby go crazy or maybe like whatever she ate was like passing through the placenta and the umbilical cord to the baby and the baby was like hey yo ma fuck this but Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah we uh we went for the anatomy check uh for the ultrasound for our baby and uh katie is 20 weeks and a few days now and uh i couldn't be more excited um so I think we're going to be doing, you know, kind of like the same thing, low key, lazy night, uh, make, make some, uh, make, make some dinner for my wife and, um, maybe get some chocolate cake or something like that. Wegmans is fucking nuts right now. So like, I can only imagine I'm going to hop in, hop out real quick. I'm just going to get like fucking red rose and then like a card for her and then, and then hop right out. She was like, Oh, we're not doing this here. Right. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Like, you know, the trap. So. <laughs> right. No, I. You know, one time, I I was like, oh, like it's such a commercialized holiday. Like, do we really have to do something? And she was like, Yeah, it's the for us to like do something. Like, at least get me like a card and some chocolates. Like, it's a romantic thing. And if we're a couple, then I want you to do romantic things. And I was like, Yeah, but it's just you know, it's a Hallmark holiday. You know, kind of just like, you know, Mother's Day was invented to convince young women to want to, like, have children and settle down and start a family. So they're like, look at how great it is, you know, and like, that's like a, a Hallmark holiday. And I tried telling my mom that. My mom's like, yeah, it's still Father's Day, so you better fucking call me. <laughs> Wish me happy Mother's Day. And we're at the Wildlife Festival, like, everyone's brother. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, sorry, mom. So, like, I think women feel really uh, passionate these fucking holidays uh definitely hey dog when is father's day is in june right it's usually my birthday right around june 20th or 21st my birthday is june 21st yeah uh i'm gonna miss it then baby isn't due until late unless it's early but well yeah but you got a healthy baby and it still counts it's like in there so (laughs) No, no, no. I think you should get like you should still get I I I got a I got a Father's Day gift and Luciano was born like two weeks after Father's Day. So it was like right at the end of you know the pregnancy and I, I still sure. am eligible. So you should be eligible. Okay, okay. I'm an I'm an eligible receiver. Number seventeen yeah, is yeah. marked as an eligible receiver. Yeah. yeah. All right. Word dog. All right. Well we're almost at sixty minutes. Um any final thoughts on, on um, the the halftime show. I'm glad for this emergency broadcast. I hope that you post it as soon as possible because I love it to will, listen to it. It will be it will be published today on February 14th, 2022. Guaranteed. No, no doubt. No doubt. Alright. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, great talking to you and uh, enjoy Valentine's. Fuck yeah. You ch- Take it easy. See ya. Peace.